As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. and white bastards ladies and gentlemen Newcastle United Football Club what a night what an evening what an atmosphere what a game what a performance uh, this is Pod on the Tyne I am Taylor Payne and I'm sat here uh, with my head still uh, buzzing and my ears still ringing after last night's uh, amazing scenes at St James's Park I'm joined as always uh, by uh, our Newcastle United correspondent Chris Woff and our senior writer Mr George Cock and hello chaps are we all okay Chris how are you doing you've just got in from football haven't you yes um, I am podding in my pants uh, <laughs> That's not a thing you should no, be saying out loud. But, uh, don't, no. don't pod in your pants. I am still. It. We've had a very strange build-up to this podcast. <laughs> Normally, we do we do film ourselves. Chris has thankfully refused to come on camera because he's sitting in his pants, naked with his nipples showing, and eating a vegetable lasagna. And I don't know how to process this. Chris should be the. We were just saying, it's like, when I think back, I think we've been building up to this moment for quite a while with Chris. It all makes sense. <laughs> Maybe something happened in October. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. But his behaviour became more and more erratic. He was sitting... He completely got off the deep end. He was he? sitting at the match last night in a, in a luminous sort of lime green jumper that made him look like a caravan owner. And... Now he's totally naked, podcasting whilst eating lasagna. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what to make of it. I do have pants on. Okay. I've just been playing football. In tw- I say playing football. If Newcastle were playing at 100 miles an hour last night, I was playing at about minus 300 miles an hour at a 20 degree heat, seven aside. Uh, so, so yeah. 
he's every time he speaks, I can only think of his nipples. It's horrible. I'm going to need several weeks of therapy to get over the PTSD from that particular mental image. I need oxygen. And, you know, I do apologise if anybody out there has been sick in their mouth at the thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite disgraceful. Anyway, football. Eh? What about that, oh, George? What dear. about those lovely black and white lads? What about Eddie Howe's Mighty Mags? Yeah. Putting Arsenal to the sword. I don't. I can't remember a night like that at St James's Park for a hell of a long time. Do you know what I'm, I'm? I've been trying to sort of think about how to describe it, and and the but I think it was perfect. I think it was, yeah. I don't think it was far off perfection. I mean, it wasn't nine nil or or whatever, but it was the way I put it on Twitter was that the team played like the crowd sounded, yeah, and the crowd were deafening, and in their own way, the team flattened Arsenal, and it's everything you want the stadium to be like. It's it's everything that if you try try to describe St James's Park to an alien or a stranger, that's how you would describe it. That deafening atmosphere, everybody together, uh, intimidating the opposition in a way that shouldn't really happen against a team that are playing for the Champions League. Yeah, you know, trying to get into the fucking Champions League. Yeah, and Newcastle are trying to get to twelfth, and they blew them away, and the crowd blew them away, and it was. Perfect performance. It was the perfect way to end the longest, most difficult, draining, brilliant, uplifting season in recent history. I I sort of thought maybe if you go back to the relegation season, the last relegation season, the final day of the season, the final home day of the season, then that 5-1 against Tottenham, where for 90 minutes the whole stadium's united and calling on calling on Rafa to stay. Mm-hmm. That was a very, very special moment and very, very loud. But that was a statement of defiance, maybe, and maybe a statement of hope. And there was hope there against Arsenal. But that was a statement of intent. That was saying, this is the club and this is the team that we can be and will be. And that's why it was so powerful. Fuck me, it was good. Last night was like a celebration of the club. That's how it felt to me. And and that war flags display, Chris, at the start, um, I don't think I've seen anything like that anywhere in world football. And I mean, I've been watching football on the continent and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, they go mad all over the world. But that was something special, wasn't it? That was an incredible effort from war flags. It was. I mean, every single home supporter had a banner of some form, either a foil to hold up, and then others had flags that were holding them up 10, 15 minutes before. They answered the calls before the match to be there early. They did it again afterwards as the players were going around the pitch and at the end of the match. And that set up Newcastle for... uh, Basically, the, the players fed off that, and it was like a symbiotic relationship where the players fed off it, and then... Newcastle fans fed off the players again. And in terms of for, for relentless intensity throughout a match, I mean, George and I wrote about this. There's been some very special atmospheres at St. James's Park, but for lasting almost uh, universally throughout the game, it didn't really at any point die down. I can't remember an intense atmosphere like that. And that, that and Arsenal just simply couldn't cope. They, they were overawed from the very start, never recovered, and Newcastle didn't let them recover because, the, the, as, as George said, that the players responded. They played like that. They penned Arsenal back in. They stopped them playing their own game, and eventually, in the second half, it told, and they could, it could, and should have won by more than two goals. I mean, ten minutes in, and Aaron Ramsdale's slipped over three times already. The crowd have absolutely ridiculed him for it. He's nearly give the ball away to Miggy Almiron. You can see that Arsenal back four when they have the ball, the keeper has the ball. They don't know what to do. They just didn't know how to get out, and it was it was absolutely brilliant to see. And every single person around me was willing the team on and sh- screaming at the pitch, uh, and it was fantastic. And Eddie, they, we got a little clip of uh, of Eddie Howe as well in his reaction to all of that. I don't think you can do anything other than be inspired by the uh, arena tonight, the way it was um, presented, uh, the effort and detail that had gone into the flags, and just an incredible place to play and I was blown away from coming out and seeing it before the game so I'm sure the players felt the same way and it was just great to be there and experience it and I think a brilliant moment where the, the families of the players young and old come onto the pitch and share in the in the moment because let's not forget it, the families play a huge role behind the players lives and uh, that support is key so it was nice actually to have the you know the whole family as it were on, on the pitch to share in that moment, I thought the crowd were brilliant with the families and the kids playing football. It was just, it was just great to see and it really is a family club. 
um, and uh, the supporters have created a great home for us here. One of the things that I, th- that I love about the War Flags, and I've just thought about this now, is how it actually fits in to the club, how it fits into who, who we are and what we do. So in other words, it's not artificial. It's not like, and I'm, you know, I don't like clappers and shit like that, but, you know, other clubs do it. Other clubs do goal music. You know, other clubs have, mm. have bands and drummers and stuff like that. But what War Flags does is it builds the atmosphere up at the start of a match and encourages people to be noisy and encourages Newcastle fans to be loud. And being loud is what Newcastle fans are best at. That's what I love. And it uses the prism of sort of Newcastle's past. Sometimes it's present, but, you know, history. Yeah. We saw we saw against Arsenal the blue flag and things like that. Lovely things like that. It uses what Newcastle are good at to make Newcastle better. It's not artificial. It's great. And it's it, it's visual stimulus, isn't it, for, for everyone before the game. And there's music involved as well. And people start singing along and chanting. And then it, it, it just builds and builds and builds. And it was absolute fever pitch before the game kicked off. I looked at the players walking out the tunnel and Dan Byrne had what I can only describe as the biggest chuff on I've ever seen in my life. A grinning from ear to ear. And the game hadn't even started. He just came out and he looked so happy with everything that was going on and it, and I was blown away by it yesterday absolutely blown away me hat has to be taken off to all those people in who work with war flags to get all of those foils and get all those flags onto those seats every single supporter home supporter in the ground had something to do and something to be involved with yesterday and it was an absolutely astonishing effort I, I loved it I absolutely loved it and we have to remember of course that war flags had walked away, you know, they'd walked away for very, very good reasons, for reasons that I would share and understand, but they wouldn't do it. And now they're part and they're, you know, they're, they're not just part of it, they're integral, you know, they're integral. They went, they went along to the training ground last week, we'll hear about that a bit later on, and they met the first team and they told their story to the first team, they explained what they're doing and why and how they do it. And the players, you know, the players love that. And again, that's what you want, you know, that's what you want, everyone's in it together. Sorry, Chris, was that you moving your, your plate of lasagna there that we heard in the background? <laughs> I just knocked the tray, sorry. Ah, oh, Chris's nipples. Chris's nipples on his tray of oh, cold, cold lasagna. Jesus. This is such a professional podcast, isn't it? Unbelievable. Incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, um, the, the football, though, it was inspired by the atmosphere, we've already said, and Newcastle were just relentless from moment one. I can't remember the last time... Uh, saw a Newcastle team play with that kind of intensity and, and and it felt like it was non-stop for the whole game. I know they did sit off and have a breather at one point and when you look at the stats, actually it turned out that Newcastle and Arsenal had pretty much level uh, possession but it felt like it was all one team, didn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, Eddie Howe was interesting after the game because he said what pleased him so much was that Newcastle got a half-time, it was nil-nil they dominated the ball and they dominated the territory in the first half. But I was a little bit concerned because they hadn't had loads of clear-cut chances. They'd had Sam Maximans that forced mm. a, a decent save from Ramsdale. Wilson had had that header that was cleared off the line. But they'd had a lot of corners, which were sort of floaty balls in the box. They didn't really test the goalkeeper. And you thought at that stage, Arsenal will surely be better in, in the second half. But actually, Newcastle just didn't let them... I mean, Arsenal were abject. There's no getting away from that. But they were abject because Newcastle made them abject. Newcastle didn't let them play. And they they picked it up again in the second half. And actually, Arsenal... By half-time, Arsenal had only had a third of the ball. But Newcastle ha- let them have a little bit more of it in the second half, but then just picked them off. They, they, they There was so much room for Newcastle to counter-attack into. And obviously, the first goal comes yeah. from uh, Sam Maximan send Joe Linton away down the left. There's loads of space. He then gets a good, good ball in the the box and, and Wilson's pressure forces uh, Ben White to put into his own bo- uh, into his own goal and from that moment on you just felt there was only going to be there was only going to be one winner from that stage Arsenal was spent and it really could could and, and should have been more and it, yeah Newcastle just didn't didn't relent even when they got two goals up again Howe said he said in that clip before he said that previously when Newcastle have gone ahead in home games they've sat off a little bit there was none of that the crowd didn't let them. I mean, the crowd, the intensity just, just ensured that they, they kept going. But it wasn't gung-ho football. It wasn't Newcastle had 10 players in the opposition box and weren't defending. It was cle- they, they were they picked their moments. Yeah. They were incisive in what they were going to do. And they had someone in Bruno Gimmeresh pulling the strings in, in deep who was just absolutely excellent and just ran the game completely. I mean, we're going to come on to Bruno in a little bit, George, but this... this this team's unrecognisable from from the the team that were playing in in November and 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 part of December as well. The attitude and the hard work, 
I mean, is this all down to Eddie Howe? Or, or, I mean, where has this come from? Because the, the transformation is astonishing. He absolutely has to has to take you know the lion's share of the credit, really, because they're working to his plan, they're working to his details. Everyone's you know we've spoken about that a lot. The players all speak about that. They speak about you know. We all, I mean, we also have to remember that this is now a club which is providing uh, the head coach and the manager a platform to do their jobs properly, getting you know getting assistance and that's just not been there's been a support structure for Eddie Howe and his staff that's not been there for managers whether it's Steve Bruce or Rafa Benitez beforehand so it's a very different environment but and so you know that positive positivity spreads around the place and it feeds you know feeds into more positivity and so on and so forth but he's done a brilliant job I mean so it's not just down to him because I think he's built on what was already at the club which was a very good dressing room it's, that's always been the case. They've they've had some horrible moments and some difficult moments as a team and as a club and as a squad, but he's built on the character they have. He was instrumental in making sure that the players they brought in in January uh, were cut from a similar cloth, that they bought into Newcastle, that they bought into that squad ethos. And so it's been really nice. There's been no them and us. And it's got stronger, and it's got stronger internally, and at the same time, it's got stronger externally. It's, um, you know, it's just a brilliant story. It is. Let's uh, let's just quickly hear from uh, Callum Wilson, who, uh, while Arsenal were toothless uh, up front, uh, he provided real bite in attack, didn't he? Um, I can't really talk. My tooth come out. <laughs> Lips a bit Arabic, but that's part of the part of the game. Dying for the cause. <laughs> <laughs> But he was brilliant, wasn't he? Super. He was absolutely fantastic. Super. And my God, if anybody deserved a goal last night, it was him. And I know it was a it was an own goal in the end, but that run he made in the box, the volley from just inside Arsenal's half that caught Ramsdale out, I'm I'm still convinced that went in. I'm I'm still convinced it went in. He he was just everywhere last night, and he put the shits up Ben White from the first minute. Yeah. Um, leading to Ben White got a booking after about six or seven minutes didn't he because of Callum Wilson running down those channels he is a fantastic footballer when he's fit and when he's playing and we really really need him I will and have defended Chris Wood to the hilt for the part he played in Newcastle going on that on that winning run but you know Wilson coming and and the the key thing as Chris said Newcastle having possession and being active with it meant everybody was further up the pitch so everybody was more efficient with uh, Guimarães in the team you have a link player from midfield to to forward and also back to defence. You've got someone who can make things happen and suddenly there are options everywhere and you're not just relying on Wilson to do something on his own or some maximum to do something on his own. People are feeding into other parts of the team. It looked balanced. Everybody played their part and they looked dangerous everywhere and that's what you need. You can't just be relying on the same one or two players week in, week out, to dig you out of a hole, which seems to have been the tactic beforehand. There's now a game plan, and it's it's um, it's playing to those players' strengths. He is, in that form, it's sensational. He is sensational. Very, He causes defenders all sorts of problems. He works them, and he creates chances. So, yeah, just brilliant to see him back. Very exciting to think about him, as you say, Taylor, being fit and being back in a stronger team next season absolutely and another uh, exciting player from last night Chris as well Bruno my word what a player he is my god I spent I spent a good portion of the game last night just watching him and watching him moving off the ball and he never stops he never stops moving he never stops giving the opposition's players something to think about he is he is something else isn't he Chris there's just doesn't seem to be anything he isn't capable of doing at the moment. I mean, he's, he's oh. he wasn't signed to, to to score goals, and he's Newcastle's joint second top scorer. He's got five goals since he arrived. Um, it's just it's amazing. He's he's arrived in the box late. He's getting those goals, but he does so much more. He controls the match. He's so composed on the ball. He wins clever free kicks all over the pitch. Just at the moment, Newcastle need the most. Yeah. He picks out his teammates more often than not with a forward thinking ball. He plays very clever passes. Um, and he's just yeah, he's brought so much to that team, and he is the future. That that is that is the future of Newcastle. Yeah, that is what they they want to be and want to build towards. And it how has managed him very well as well. He didn't throw him in there 
and he and he's just flourishing. And week on week, he's been man of the match at the moment because he just he just dominates proceedings. And actually, um, my brother was uh, was there last night uh, with my sister's boyfriend, and they got they got some Hawaiian shirts like the, the other ones. And, and my brother had Bruno <laughs> on his, and he held it up to him after the match, and Bruno bowed to him uh, during the lap of honor. So uh, just wanted to shout out, brilliant. Uh, you'll, you'll have enjoyed that. So, so your brother knows how to wear shirts, does he? Well, he took it off to hold up, so uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. He, uh, he did right, have a, so he did have a top underneath, though, unlike myself. Unlike you, unlike you now with your bare nipples. Oh, God, I must apologise, listeners. There's some of the some of the things tonight are disgusting. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. George, Bruno, he was, he, I mean, he was just everywhere, wasn't he? And I know this is a lofty comparison to make, and maybe I'm feeling slightly giddy and, 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 and you know, a bit silly, but... Hungover, I think, is the word you No, no, not hungover oh, at all. All right, okay, no, fine. Not hungover at all. <laughs> right, fine, okay. I've been, I, I, I had a canny drink at the weekend because I, uh, I turned 40 on Friday gone, so, uh, uh, yeah, but not hungover after last 40? night. 40? No. Yeah. You're only 40? <laughs> Very <laughs> good. No, I'm good. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. No, I like that. Well done. Yeah, what was I talking about? Bruno, when I was watching him off the ball and when, when he got the ball, moved it and then moved again, he put me in mind of, and I know this is lofty and I'm going to get the piss taken for this, but he reminded me of Andreas Iniesta at Barcelona and the way he plays. Now, I, I remember watching Barcelona in, I think it was a Champions League final against Man United and they played them off the park and Iniesta was doing exactly what Bruno was doing last night. Get the ball, move, pocket of space. Get the ball, move, pocket of space. Look up, find a pass, play it, move again, drop into a hole. And the opposition the opposition didn't have a clue where he was. Nobody could pick him up. He was, he was unmarkable. And it was the same last night watching Bruno. He kept dropping into gaps. He kept moving between the lines. And the passes he was playing and the, thing, the vision that he has compared to nearly every other player on the pitch is 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 unbelievable. He, he's capable of the way he manipulates the ball, the way he glides around the pitch. I just I, th- I thought he was just breathtaking last night. I've, I, I haven't seen a player that good at St James's Park for no. as long as I can remember. It is lofty, but I also think I mean it does. It takes us back to when he first signed and uh, first sorry first when he first came into the team, and it was that feeling of you know when he has players around him of a similar caliber, Newcastle will be a very special team. And I think you can yeah. already see that. The lovely thing about him is that if you, again, if you compare it to uh, some of the dark days that we've had this season and before that, there will be so many moments where Newcastle would eventually get the ball in a match and there'll be no options for them. There'll be no forward options. There'll be nothing yeah. to do with the ball and they would end up giving it away again. Um, and he gives options everywhere. He gives options when he's on the ball because he's got, as you say, he's got the vision to see a pass. Yeah. He makes the right decisions nine times out of ten, and he gives options off the ball because he makes himself available. So it's 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 like the best of both worlds, and it you know that opens up the team. Um, you know how they're talking there previously about there's been games where Newcastle have taken the lead and sat sat back. That's been part of their DNA for a long time. To you know they're not used to being in front. You know they're not used to scoring goals. Um, he he keeps them driving he keeps them driving forward and um yeah a very special a very special player if he's half, half if he ends up being half as good as Iniesta then Newcastle have got a brilliant deal 
Absolutely. And his, uh, his compatriot in the middle of midfield as well, Jalinton, Chris, uh, popping up within a, is it an assist? Does it technically go down as an assist if it's an own goal? I don't think it does, does it? But uh, the newly anointed player of the season for Newcastle United, he's had a hell of a season, hasn't he? It's been all over the place and he's been he's been a revelation in that midfield role. He has. I mean, I thought the entire midfield, I thought Sean Longstaff was excellent last night as well. The th- yeah, the he was. Three, he was very the three good. of them were dominant against Arsenal and... Uh, they were everywhere. They covered so much ground, and yeah, it was it was it was a very good ball in the box. And Ben White felt like he had to do something with it because it was in such a dangerous area. And Callum Wilson probably would have scored behind him if he hadn't got a foot on it. But it was I loved the scenes at the end and and the, and the videos afterwards of Joe Linton and his and his uh, young daughter being serenaded by the the Gallagher end. What a, what a moment! I mean, his transformation has been wonderful. We've talked about it before, but he can see how much it means to him and how genuine he is and how much he loves that. He, he, you get it at so many clubs where they say, oh, the fans are, are the best in the world. I mean, you can see he means it. You can see he's got that connection and he's just so happy. And for all of the the trials and tribulations that he had, all of the criticism that was levelled, and including I, I put myself into that bracket, he never hid away from that. He always tried. He's always he's always given everything. And I'm just delighted for him. I'm so, so pleased. And he thoroughly deserved that Player of the Season award. Yeah. He, in some ways... I mean, he he is he is. We'll we'll do our review of the season next week. But I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people, and and maybe for us, he'll be he'll be player of the season just as he was officially for the club. But he is definitely the story of the season because yeah. until October, he he through no fault of his own. We've said this time and time again. I mean, I've got very angry about Gillington, not about him personally, but about what he represented. He represented a huge mistake by the old regime, because they bought him as a young man to play number nine, gave, as we said, time and time again, gave him to a head coach who had no idea what to do with him, no idea how to play with him, but because they had no striker, had to had to persevere with him. It was not a football decision. It was not a decision taken by football people. And he was, you know, Newcastle fans suffered for it because they played for a season without a striker. And yeah. um, it could have cost them, in, a, in other circumstances, it could have cost them very dearly. And post-takeover, he now represents what the club is now. And it's a story of redemption, of skill, of application, of dedication, keeping his head down, working hard, coming through it. And it's 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 not a story that I could, could have... If you had told me a year ago that Jalinton would end up this season as player of the season, I would have... You know, I would have, I would have laughed in your face. I mean, I would have laughed in your face. But he is, and he deserves it. And yeah. he's, 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 by all, you know, by all, you know, all the measures that we can see, he, he's a great lad. He's loved in the dressing room. He's worked his nuts off, and he deserves everything he gets. Chris, one of my favourite things in the world is shit house Jolent and running around the pitch like a bull in a china shop arguing with the ref and every player on the opposition's team and just imposing himself on the game and the boy has got confidence in spades at the minute hasn't he yeah i mean this is this 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 sorry chris this is the same season that Joe Linton took a shot and hit himself <laughs> in the face hit himself and he's in the and face. he's now player of the season what a story oh my God. what a story Incredible. But, but in terms of when you, when you mention that i mean the amount of Opposition players who you can see because he because he's going around and he's committing fouls and he's just being a general nuisance and they turn around and they think about starting with them and then they just look and see that the sheer size of this bloke stood in front yeah. of them and you just think yeah. I'll yeah. not bo- I'll not bother <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll bother yeah. It's it's unbelievable. He was he was incredible. Um, we have to mention Alan St Maximin as well. He had a decent game. I think probably his best game for a while. He looked sharper. He had a great chance in the first half, which uh, he only he was only denied by a good save. Um, and uh, George and Chris, you both uh, you both uh, uh, had your article at the, uh, the end of last week as well. He was um, he, he was a bit better last night, wasn't he? He looked more up for it. Yes, I thought he was. He, he he definitely played his part and did look dangerous and he looked committed and he looked he looked far more disciplined. We did that we did that piece after Man City. He'd obviously said what he had said in an interview away from home, that kind of classic um classic story that we're very used to uh at Newcastle where he sort of said he was every bit as good as Mane and he kind of intimated that um 
you know, that if he had better players around him, then he would be giving more assists. He then had to explain himself to the squad. It's Sam Allardyce defence, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> if yes. I was the manager of Real Madrid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he had to explain himself <laughs> to the squad. And I think, you know, I don't think that went down, you know, brilliantly. And it sort of led to that question. You know, I, I sort of thought at City, you know, there were too many moments when he went down. By the end of it, you know, he had provided moments of danger. But what do you do with him? That was the question. You saw, I think, against Arsenal, a bit of an answer to that. Because when you have Newcastle being on the front foot in the way they were, up the field, with possession, he's he can be very dangerous and he can fit into a system. And so there was a bit of a riposte, you know, there's a bit of riposte to that. And very pleased, very pleased to see it. I love it. I love what he can do um, for the team in a good way. He is definitely, you know, it is how do you... How do you harness a maverick? Is that even possible? Is it desirable? Um, you know, the good thing um, is that last night, it, again, it wasn't just him. Too many times we've seen St. Maximin get the ball, the opposition immediately put three men on him, and, you know, we know that he's then in trouble because he's probably going to end up falling over and giving the ball away and Newcastle will be under pressure. When you have other players up the field, like Wilson, He's also providing problems. So that then gives St. Maximan more space, so on and so forth. So, yeah, no, he played well. Absolutely. Um, and well, I mean, it all it all started with that atmosphere, didn't it? And uh, here's a, a little word from Captain Jamal Lascelles talking to our very own George Colgan. Hands down, the, the best one that I've, that I've witnessed here at St. James's. I was actually fortunate enough to meet uh, the people behind War Flags the day they come into the training ground. And yeah. it was nice to see faces behind, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what they do. And, you know, listening to them speak about, you know, how much effort and you know, money and everything they put into it, it means so much to us. And ultimately, like, they created this sort of atmosphere, so, uh, well, with the flags. So um, we're, we're just grateful and thankful for that. And yeah, it, was just, it was a special night. And to top it off, we obviously won. I mean, it, it's, it is a cliche to talk about the Newcastle crown, but this place is, can be a fortress and maybe should be a fortress and definitely felt like that. O- opposition players have said, in the past and even before this game, you know, they're not looking forward to it. And it ain't because they're playing against us players, it's because they've got to face the fans and the atmosphere. And, you know, I, I know as a player myself, sometimes when you go to, you know, hostile environment stadiums, it can be, you know, you can change your game a little bit. And that's the feeling that I think that Arsenal had today. I think from the first whistle, you could see we was up for it because of the fans and then they weren't, I think, because of our fans. So. I was speaking to him there just in, it was actually in the dugout because it was raining. So that's where you sort of talk to the players. They come out of the dressing room, down the tunnel towards the pitch and then turn left because that's where their cars are. So if you if you want to speak to them, you have to hang around outside. So we were in the um, in the dugout, sitting in the dugout. So that was a very nice, nice moment. Excellent. Jamal was great last night when he came on, wasn't he? He's, he's you know, he's had to take a little step back recently and Fabian Scher's been the first choice. Uh, but he uh, he rose to the challenge last night and he he, he did a great job. Yeah, I thought he came on and I thought he was very, very solid. I mean, thankfully, Cher hopefully is going to be okay because that was a worrying moment when that happened. Um, <clears throat> immediately looked like he was out cold. And I know there's a few, there a few yeah, people in the ground who texted me immediately and said, what, what just happened there? Um, and it was yeah, it wasn't a particularly nice clash of of head, and he had he was he was right that he went off. Uh, I actually had a conversation with my dad today, who didn't know about concussion substitutes, so he he was worried that Newcastle were going to get penalised during the game when he was watching it on TV because I must have explained because he's thinking they've made four subs here, they can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, when Lascelles came on, he was very very solid, and he just picked up exactly. Uh, where did left off? I mean, it's, it's very difficult for a defender to come into a game like that. I think more so that, that, than an attacker, um, because you've got to find the rhythm very quickly. In Arsenal, you always expected they were going to come back into it, but he, he didn't allow them to. He did look very settled, and and, and he he fed off everything. Was I, I, there was not a single player I could criticise in any way last night. It started and came on the no. pitch. I thought everyone contributed in some way, and and everyone was excellent. Yeah, Lascelles uh, perhaps appropriately as well spoke for the players, uh, some of whom will be moving on and uh, who have risen to the standard set by Eddie Howe and his coaching team uh, and the new signings. You know, I don't know who's going to be coming and going in the summer, so I can't really comment on individuals. No. But for, for that kind of core group that has been here for a long time and, and gone through thick and thin with the club and, um, you know, from the Championship, getting us back into the Premier League, you know, when the club weren't in a great place and... 
staying in the Premier League through tough seasons, you know, where we're not, teams around us are spending millions and, you know, we're, we're not, you know, football nowadays, that's what it's about. And um, But, you know, we've, the dressing room has been good for years, regardless of managers, regardless of owners, the change rooms remained positive yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and hard working culture. And the managers come in um, and added to that with the boys this time in January, but it's also shifted the mentality to, you know, we're not here to to just take place. We're here to win every single game. And he's done that in, sh in such a short space of time. So, so much credit to him. The question that I put to him was, you know, that it was right that the players who've been here perhaps since relegation, but, you know, certainly under Benitez, the class of 16 to 19, got some recognition and got some credit because, you know, they they joined a club or they were at a club back then that did have hope because it had Benitez. And then all that hope went. We know that. But they've, st they've remained. And so Chris and I have... I was thinking about this a lot last night and I wanted to write about that and I wanted so Chris and I have done that so that'll be up by the time the podcast comes out I wanted to pay a tribute to those players because we're all thinking about moving on and moving up now but if it wasn't for those players the team wouldn't be in the Premier League I know that if we go back to October November December there was a very good chance the team weren't going to be in the Premier League but they've hung around and their spirit has hung around and their spirit has been built on some of them will stay and I'm very pleased about that. But, you know, that might have been the last time that we see Matt Ritchie um, at St James's Park. Now, I know, I know he didn't come on, but, um, but it's you know, that still might be the last time as he was doing the lap of honour. Same for Isaac Hayden. He's been injured for a long time, hasn't been in the squad. Yeah. What does his future hold? People like Kieran Clark obviously had a difficult time this season, but has played his part. And there's countless others. So I really wanted to kind of write a love letter to those players and pay tribute to them. And it's quite sad because I'll miss Mark Ritchie. I'll miss that little dickhead who booted his, his own players up the arse. I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, for obvious reasons, if, for long-term listeners of the pod, I'll miss Isaac. And those players have stood up. You know, they stood up for us. So if they if they do end up leaving, you know, as in some ways they should do, all clubs have to recycle players. Newcastle haven't done it. They've not done it enough. And so they've had to rely on these same players. But I love these players. And, um, you know, I'll be sad when they go. One of my favourite stories, actually, from last night involves involves Matt Ritchie in terms of just a little anecdote which sums him up that even though he wasn't playing, Sean Longstaff said that that after the warm-up, that they walked back into the dressing room and apparently Matt Ritchie just turned them all and said, lads, if you can't get up for this and this atmosphere, then you shouldn't be playing football. That's just Matt Ritchie all over, isn't it? Just geeing everyone up, telling them exactly... He's just lead, leading, he's a leader behind the scenes, he's, he's that sort of... Tone setter, he's the one who, geez, they've now got new tone setters and the yeah. likes of, of Q and Trippy and a different sort of tone setter in many ways. But 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 that's one of the things that he's brought in. And, and I agree with George, Isaac Hayden, so many of those players you can go through and they've contributed so much over such a, a long period and been wonderful servants. One of the things I noticed last night was, uh, was something Kieran Trippier was doing, which is when he was warming up as a sub, he was telling Miguel Almiron and Alan San Maximum where to stand on Arsenal corners, and he was—you could hear him on the on the coverage because I watched the match back last night when I got in. Of course, I did, and you could hear him going, "Maxi, Maxi, move, move further, 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 Miggy, move!" And you could just hear him shouting at them all the time. And I thought he's coaching from the side. Now this must have been something they've worked on and said, "You go and warm up and shout your instructions," because. And it worked. They moved out, and then Arsenal played a short corner, and we ended up winning the ball back. And I thought, bloody hell, we've got we've got subs who are leaders as well now. It's yeah. amazing. It's incredible yeah, stuff. And and you know, not I'm I'm honestly I'm not trying to say that uh, we know that Matt Ritchie will go at all, but it 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 did make me very kind of whimsical. It made me go back to the to the piece I did. Uh, when Newcastle had played in the in the cup, I can't remember what game it was. Was it the corner flag game? I don't think it was. But he'd come on and and gone absolutely mental. And I stood by the touchline <laughs> and I asked him if he knew what the word Raji meant. And we had this conversation. Yes. And he said, "Yeah, I think so." Does it mean angry wee bastard? And I said, "Yes, that's what Newcastle fans call you." He said, and I said, "But it's a compliment." He said, "Okay, good." And he said the other th lovely thing he said was, "I am not a calm person." 
and um, and 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 which I just loved, which I loved, and 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 I love the, the idea that he said that in a calm voice, just know, to make yeah. it all the more sinister. I know, as well. I know. And I said to him, "Fuck yeah, you know, it's like your teammates do something good." And you boot them up the backside. Do you never? Do they never say anything to you? He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Today, Matty, I Matt Long, Matty Longstaff said to me, "Matt, Matt, man, will you please stop hitting me? It hurts." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that. I love him. Fantastic. Stuff. But yeah, that's it. And Trippier, Trippier is now is now that player or a version of that player. Yeah, and they've got you know they've got others too. Absolutely. I'm aware, lads, that we're getting pressed for time here. But, uh, Chris, we go to Burnley on a real high the last game of the season, don't we? There's still plenty of time to prepare and still something to play for. Tenth place is still within reach. Uh, what do we think, Chris? I'm just delighted that Newcastle are going to Burnley and if the pressure's all on Burnley. This was a fixture, I think, a few months ago, all of us were dreading as a potential. This was going to be nail-biter. I thought it was going to go down the final season. Eddie Howe prepared for it to go down the final season. All of them ready for it. And it hasn't even, it hasn't even gone the final month of the season. Newcastle was safe four or five weeks ago. Um, it, it's astonishing. Yeah. And I, I, I think it would be incredible if they were to reproduce anything similar to last night. I don't think they're likely to because I just don't think that they're, gonna, they're not going to have the same intensity from the crowd. But equally, I remember the final game under Rafa Benitez, them going to Fulham and, and scoring four and being spectacular that day. So yeah. the, the, the way that they're playing at the moment, if they've got anything like the the, the freedom and, and, and intensity they showed last night, then I think Burnley are going to find themselves in a very, very difficult afternoon on Sunday. Right then. If you want to, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £1 a month for the first six months right now. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod and you get full access to all our great writing and ad-free versions of The Athletic's podcasts. That's theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod. Sign up now. Right then, chaps, I think it's time to move on. Um, But... That was last night uh, at St James's Park, and as Mondays go, let's be honest, it was one of the better ones, I'm sure you'll agree. And here's how it sounded from a slightly different angle. Uh, Helen Davidson was on a rooftop near Newcastle University, uh, and she captured the sounds of St James as they drifted over the city in the spring sunshine. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right then, chops. We're going to wrap up a little bit before we uh, before we finish off. We spent an awful lot of time talking about Monday, and quite rightly so, I think. Uh, but stuff that happened only days ago, and yet seems a million years ago. Eddie Howe was nominated for Manager of the Season. George, that's a fantastic achievement when you consider where we were when he came in. Yeah, he totally deserves the nomination. It's a very um, you know, I guess if Liverpool end up winning the quadruple, that might be a different story. But yeah, I mean that's fair enough. But they were, you know, they were they were a club expected to be challenging this season. You know, from where Eddie Howe came in when he did, for them to be where they are now is 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 just incredible. So he deserves that nomination, and I've I've voted for him. 
Is he in the shout, do you think, Chris? I think he has to be. I, I mean, I know we're biased, but I agree with George. Unless Liverpool go and win the quadruple, and they're currently, I mean, they've, they've come back to be, they're drawing at the minute with Southampton as, as we're speaking, but the league probably looks beyond them. Even a treble, probably you, you would just maybe push for Jurgen Klopp. But the difference between them and, and, and Newcastle is that Eddie Howe took over a team who they, they, they looked doomed. I mean, they hadn't won a game and they, they didn't even win yeah. the start of it. I mean, really, it's the sort of last two thirds of the Howe year which have been astonishing because it took him it, it took him time to turn them around. It took him time to he is completely transformed the season, whereas the others were always in it all along. And it, don't get me wrong, it's an astonishing achievement if uh, Liverpool go and win three or four trophies. But for what Eddie Howe has done and the way that he's 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 transformed everything at Newcastle. I think that that, that personally is is I find him to be manager of the season because he hasn't even had a full season to do it. Yeah, exactly. He's had two thirds of a season and he's done it with time to spare as well. Absolutely, and also Miggy Almiron uh, won a Premier League Goal of the Month, George, for his strike against Crystal Palace, uh, and it was nice to see his lovely little smiling face on the photographs for it. Lovely, lovely. The, his smile is one of the best things in uh, best things in it football, is. and yeah, he deserved that as well. It was lovely watching him walk around the pitch last night. He had his little girl on his shoulders, um, and he just looked like the happiest man in the world. He looks like that anyway, but <laughs> last night he really, really did. It was brilliant. I also have to say as well, my favourite part of Monday night uh, wasn't the game. It wasn't the flags. It wasn't the uh, the result of the goals or the atmosphere. Uh, it was Kieran Trippier playing the ball through uh, to a small child, offering them the freedom of the Leeser's end to put the ball into an empty goal. And then just as the child is about to pull the trigger, sliding, tackling them from behind and bringing <laughs> them down to a chorus of boos from St. James's Park. Absolutely beautiful. The kind of stuff we love to see. Yeah, that's the kind of committed shithousery that I want to see ingrained <laughs> into youngsters, uh, you know, who may go on to play for the club. So, yeah, that's good. Te- teach them tough life lessons. Absolutely. Uh, and obviously, we spoke about Gillinton being uh, named uh, club player of the season as well. Uh, and we've covered that earlier on. Um, also, quickly, just uh, time to congratulate James Milner, who we were speaking about last week on winning the cup, taking and scoring Liverpool's first pen, uh, and predicting that he would do that uh, in an interview with AFW. Uh, some interesting tidbits for Newcastle United fans on there as well. So take a peek on The Athletic. And don't forget, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £1 a month for the first six months right now that's theathletic.com forward slash newcastle pod and it's a great week to do it and here's why we have some exciting news about next week's show obviously it'll be our review of the season and we're delighted to say that fresh from having his bronze put in its rightful place alan from work will be joining us to look back over the remarkable events over the last few months so keep your eyes peeled your ears to the ground and get your thinking caps on because we'll want to hear from you with questions for alan and your memories of the crazy times we've had since last august uh, subscribers will get the chance to leave a message on the app look out for a post on the real time section in the next couple of days uh, and being honest we'll probably put requests out on social media twitter etc uh, but the subscribers will be getting first dibs uh, and that's it for today chaps anything else to say before we finish up uh, i now have a top on well it's taken what 50 minutes for you to do that it's actually a, it's actually it, the sir bobby robson vest what's up sorry sorry you want to say that <laughs> Did you just burp no. as you were saying I that? I, I, think you've, I think you've just tarnished the memory. I think you've just tarnished the memory of a very special man. Would you like to try and say that again, please, Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to make a weird noise. Though. Um. I'm worried I'm worried I'm worried I'm worried I'm Spent this entire podcast naked. Is this a cry for help, Chris? Are you okay? I mean, if I was a going for a cry for help, I would not be calling either of you two. God <laughs> <laughs> almighty. Oh, Chris, if you're about to try and drive um, shoeless to Aberdeen whilst eating a Toblerone, I'm very, very concerned. Please, just let us know that you're all right. Oh, God. Say something so that we know you're safe, Chris. I'm I'm scared to talk now. I'm scared to see anything. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, George, anything odd? No, I, I. Well, there's things that we haven't talked about. We have things we haven't talked about this week. 
like uh, the financial results that have just come out. And obviously there was Newcastle's uh, third third strip. That caused a bit of a stir. It doesn't feel particularly right to talk about that today um, after such an amazing night and such an amazing end to the season at St James's. Yeah. I do think that I do think those are things that will uh, address at a later date. We are going to keep going over the summer. Mm-hmm. So can't get rid of us that easy. Can no, you? that's well, Chris. <laughs> Whether Chris will be fit and available for them, I'm not sure. <laughs> sitting sitting in his pants with his nipples out, eating vegetable lasagna, unable to, to speak. I'm not sure how that great that will sound week in, week out, but um, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Um, Producer Ollie, if you're listening, can you just... Uh, you know how you've got the little clip of Joe Willock going, come on, you Maggies. Can we please just get a little clip of Chris going... <laughs> just, to, just to put in between some sections. That would be lovely. Thank you. It's actually... The Savoy Robson Vest. Uh, yeah, that's it for today. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, I hope the sound uh, of St James's Park is still ringing in all of your ears tonight, and I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. Uh, we shall speak to you next week with our friend Alan from work. Look after yourselves. From everybody at Pod on the Time, take care. Goodbye. Two, one. Very. Fuck a duck, Chris. Honestly, this is Chris. Well, son, your nipples. This is so weird. Fucking weird. I don't know what's happened. Fear we've been heading this way for a while, but. When I look oh, back, God. it all seems it's so funny. obvious. It's <laughs> only put acid in Chris's tea, I think. That's what he started behaving strangely. <laughs> so I was topless eating vegetable lasagna. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.